Podcast, me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with the legend Don Fry. We got McCorkle coming a little late. Mayhem Miller is joining us too. I'm in Vegas doing comedy. Uh, Don is in his couch smoking a cigar, right? Is that, is that what's going on in uh, Tucson, Arizona? Yeah, you got it, buddy. Man, I can many, smoke inside. You can't. <laughs> how many uh, cigars do you smoke a day? Oh, yeah. I don't know, just one or two. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Just one. Now, uh, last time on the on the podcast last week, uh, McCorkle said he was going to go to South America with you to get stem cell research, uh, stem cell, uh, some kind of uh, surgery or something. Is that is that? Even, I don't know. I don't know if he got hold of the guy whose reins he did all. You know, and they set it up. I, I don't know what happened. He hasn't told me. But, yeah, I gave him the name and number of the guy, you know. Now, what's the, what's wrong with you? What exactly hurts? Fuck what doesn't hurt, you dumbass. Jeez. <laughs> Have you seen the photos of my back? Have you seen the photos of my back? Yeah, but I also see you walking around telling me that you're ready to fight again and that you're, like, you're moving and you're feeling good. So I don't know what to believe. Well, I'm feeling good compared to what I did last year. I was in a wheelchair last year, you know? That's a good point. And now then I transition to the – we'll transition to the um, the cane and the walker to the cane, and now, you know, go from without the cane to, to my, you know, with the cane or to with the, without it, you know? Got it, got it, got it, got it. I mean, how long before you think you could actually, like, go for a jog? Uh, it's going to depend on the uh, bioaccelerator uh, team. Yeah, of course, of course. Because right I know now, that, right now, I know, I know that uh, right that now Riddick, it's not looking good. I know that Riddick Bow. Uh, I was saying Riddick Bow is looking for an opponent. Uh, Riddick Bow, <laughs> he looks like he's in worse shape than you. <laughs> so I honestly think this no might way. be <laughs> this might be the fight, man. Riddick Bow, Rick. Riddick Bo was a great fucking champion, man. He's a, he was awesome. He was. You know? He he is. He, yeah. But he doesn't look like he's in uh, peak condition. I, I'm just saying, Don Fryver's Riddick Bo might be the fight that the fans want, you know. But I don't want you know. If you could barely walk, we're not going to make that happen, obviously. So. Well, you know, if he could barely walk, maybe it'd be a good fight. <laughs> <laughs> That would be. They, they strap us both to the dollies and wheel us into the middle of the ring, you know, and stand us there and just throw punches. Yeah, I like you in that fight. I don't understand this whole thing right now 
Have you seen this new slap fighting competition? No. Okay, no. It's, it's, it's just two guys. I not. <laughs> All right, it's just two guys at a table. Let me see if I can find it. And they just basically just slap each other until somebody falls, until somebody gets knocked out. I, I don't know. I, this is a sport that I can't really get into. I, you know, this is, I mean, there's a lot of things I can get into, but but this is just like I'll I'll I'll, I'll show you if I can see the compilation. Hold on. Hold on. So we got this. All right. Hold on. So, I don't even know how you even get good at this. Like what? Like where do you even prepare for this? Hold on. Let me see if we got this. Yeah. Where do you train? Right. Uh, hold on. So uh, I think you, I think you train at a women's department store, you know, with the sale going on. So Don, can you see this? Yeah. All right. So this is what goes on. Yeah. This is what goes on in the. Well, they do slap the paint off each other's face. Ah! Like, like, and then the other guy slaps him. Like, I don't understand. Like, I mean, at least with like fighting, you could put that in like a real life situation where if, you know, if I'm at a bar and if you use wrestling or, you know, boxing or judo, it could help me. I don't know what anyone's just gonna let you slap them. Uh, it just doesn't, I don't see how that actually, I don't know. Do you, do, you get to call, do you have to call him a hairy beast when you slap him? <laughs> What is that? What happened? You bitch! You rotten bitch! <laughs> what have you been slapped before? Has someone called you a hairy beast? Is that what we're getting at? Yes, uh, it was. I don't want to talk about it. It was shameful. <laughs> Just horrible. <laughs> I was right. in the third grade. Oh, of I was in the third grade and mostly scarred. You were you were a hairy beast in the third grade. Well, of course, they don't think, you know, they don't think I walked around with, you know, without any hair. No, I, I, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. So I'm in Vegas. I did a well, show you last think night. I was, you, think I, you think I waited until I was 12 years old to grow this dash? No, of, of course not. Of, of course not. Like when you were born, you slapped the doctor. That's how fucking, that's how much of a man you were. Uh, they didn't give you a bottle. They Damn gave right, baby. Now, is there any way your Wi-Fi <laughs> gave me a bottle? Uh, is this the best place? Like, last week, your Wi-Fi was great, and then I watched a video of you talking to Dan Severn, and you're in a fucking studio. You have a big flat screen behind you. You have all the like the latest technology. Like, where the fuck is this during our show? And is this the best place that your Wi-Fi is? Is is this is this the best? Yes, yes. <laughs> I can go outside. Outside's probably better. Well, I don't want to interrupt you. Uh, obviously, you seem like you're very relaxed. Uh, I'm just happy that you're. Uh... All right. So, last week, I did a show last night in Vegas. Uh, Mayweather Sr. came. Jeff, I'm friends with Jeff Mayweather, who actually was a really good fighter, a really good trainer. And he, he brought Floyd Sr., that guy. And I, uh, McCorkle just came onto the podcast and then left. Like, he, he, I saw him for three seconds. Like, that's, this is the fucking, this is what I'm dealing with. Um, it was pretty. Yeah, awesome. He got the hint. 
<laughs> now I'm just waiting for you to get the hint, and this show will be mine. <laughs> yeah, because, Sean, how are you, man? Well, how are you? You, you, you did not pack it. You didn't pack a comb. I know you didn't pack a comb for your trip. No, I did not pack a comb. My hair is all. I, this guy offered me a free haircut in Vegas. This barber wants me to go to his place. Um, uh, that's so how I, you usually know it's a good barber when he's cutting for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you drinking milk, uh, Sparkle? Is that milk? No, that's coffee. Oh, uh, it's coffee. Oh. It'd be great if it was milk. Uh, I don't have no Sparkle. There you So I did a show last Hi, night. Hi, Sean. What's up, buddy? So I did a show outside. Mayweather came. Uh, for, also, Ray Seffo came, who I love, Ray Seffo, who's the president of the PFL, fucking yeah. badass dude. And I was like, Ray, man, you know, obviously, he's such a legend. He only has sex with his wife standing because he can't score on the ground. Huh. And then uh, Dan, and then Jay Haran came, who's the fucking in like 100 movies now. He's killing it. And I was like, Jay Haran, you know, you, you're a legend. You, you fought GSP. You fought Woodley. You didn't beat him. But you were there. Like, these guys, I was just fucking, it was fun. But then there was a, an older, two old, uh, like, gay men. Like, like, older gay men. Like, I'm talking about, like, I mean, older than Fry. And I was like, so where did you guys meet? And they said a uh, truck stop. And gay men They said a truck stop. They met at a truck, like, literally met at a truck stop. Uh, which I, I've never, I was like, really? I thought that was just in like an urban legend, but they act, and now they're together. I go, what is this, like gay pretty woman? Like, this is fucking <laughs> Then there was a, a couple in like wheelchairs. They were both in wheelchairs. And I'm like, what, did you bump into each other? Like, how did you two meet? And they said they actually met uh, at a handicapped parking spot. They were, they were actually there, and they were both looking for dope. So they were they were looking for drugs and like this was the weirdest. Only in Vegas you get the fucking craziest shit. So. That's how you know God's involved when you meet your soulmate buying drugs. It's <laughs> the will of God. So, <laughs> so are you okay? You seem like you're in a bad mood. Uh, my back is just killing me, man. I just got an MRI yesterday. I'm just at my wits end with these doctors, man. Everybody, speaking of drugs, everybody thinks you're a drug addict when you tell them your back hurts. So, I'm thinking about going to get stem cells. I'll talk to Don about it. He's going down there in Columbia. I got to do something, man. I know I'm really bringing the podcast down saying that. No, yeah, okay. my, uh, have, my back no, hurts, man. No, we also have Mayhem Miller joining us in a little bit. So uh, uh he's he's uh, out of he's out of jail. He's uh he's doing very well. He's uh, he's uh coaching. So I mean, Sean, this has been going on for five, six years. You actually like, got, uh, nine years. Nine years. You got the surgery that like fused it together, right? Didn't you get the No, surgery? I got a surgery that cut off part of the disc. Uh, I went to Germany and got that Regenikine, which like, I, I go to that guy's place. He's such a world-famous doctor, like David Hasselhoff, Jennifer Lopez, Mike Tyson. Everybody was there, was famous there except me. And uh, he actually told me he had never seen anybody's inflammation and pain markers in their blood work as high as mine. And uh, he said, basically, you probably just need to come back every 6 to 12 months. And I'm like, well, I guess it's not less than $20,000. Like, like can I get, like, a punch card ticket, like, every five times a free one or something? But, uh, you know, those doctors like that in the stem cells, that's for rich people, man. And although I used to be rich, I was never that rich where you could drop 20, 30 grand a year just like it doesn't even matter, you know. So, so you can have a 50% pain reduction. So I have to do something. I was going to see if Mayhem would give me some tips on jail because I'm about to start buying drugs off the street if I can't get a doctor to help me. So I'm about to go that route. So Don't I don't do know. that. Don't do that. Don't, I, mean, I mean, Fry, when you, uh, back when you were on some, some painkillers uh, back in your day, wh where did you buy them? I got them from the doctors. 
you know, you get you fight up for this pain clinic, and this pain clinic. I'm the youngest one there by three decades, you know. <laughs> but they, but you said you you took way more than you should have. They they were okay with giving you all of it. Oh no, I no, I took way more. I did that before I started going to this place. Once I started going to this place, you know, they check your blood work. Make sure you're not doing anything bad, you know. Then, then you have to sign this piece of paper swearing you will not buy drugs off the street or from any other doctor, you know. Or if somebody tells bad jokes in Vegas, you know, shit like that. <laughs> and, then, and then they give you just enough pain medicine to keep you miserable 24 hours a day. That's the way it works. Like just enough. Right. My doctor now, right. she, gives, she gives me enough to kill a pain about four hours a day. And I told her, okay, what am I supposed to do the other 20? every day she's like well i mean it's, it's just a limit i can do i'm like no i looked it up I, I, I know what the laws are you're not giving me the limit well i mean we just have to be careful you know i'm like okay so i gave up fighting gave up everything like i take 20 advil a day because i'm a drug addict okay that makes sense you know so but, i mean they, they gotta know that you're what 300 pounds 320 yeah well that's what i tell them i said like my tolerance is like they'll give the same dose to a 110 pound girl like they thought i said my tolerance is through the roof even when i have surgery it takes them the one guy the anesthesiologist last surgery I had said, I've never seen anyone take this much anesthesia and be awake because I wasn't knocked out yet. He goes, this is enough to put a horse out. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I said, I'm still completely awake. So please, you know, like, because they've cut on me before when I wasn't asleep yet. I was like, what the hell are you doing? And the doctor's like, I thought you were out. I was like, no, I'm not out. Like, dude, what You're I, also the most slice? stubborn guy. Remember, like, we went over to the uh, Middle East and they, those like dogs, you know how they have those tackle dogs, Don? And the dogs come, you, you like run and then they tackle you if you have drugs. You didn't you, you yeah. bet yeah. that's a guy that the guy the dog wouldn't tackle him, right? <laughs> yeah, dog, those guys got mad at me for making a joke. Like I was saying that Zach Cummings wasn't afraid of dogs because he was. I said he said he's not afraid at all of your dogs. And then they got real offended, I guess. So they put their biggest German shepherd on me with whatever he's supposed to attack in a little sleeve. He took off running at me, stopped ten feet from me, slid, just kept looking at me. I went up and started petting him and saying, Oh, he's a vicious boy, like rubbing him, like picking him up and stuff, you know, and they were so pissed off, man. Because they were like, they were like, oh, we got a special dog for you. I said, good, dude, because I'm not afraid of any dog, and I don't think there's a dog that can beat me in a fight. So I said, you can turn, you can turn those two of them. I don't think they can beat me, you know? So, uh, but yeah, they hate it because the dog could tell I wasn't afraid at all as he charged me. So 10 feet out, he completely stopped and just looked at me and like rolled over like uh, the submission thing or whatever. So I was like, yeah, I wasn't invited back on that trip. It was weird. I don't know why. Uh, I, I wonder. I, I wonder. Uh, so meanwhile, um, fucking Friday night. I, so I did a show on, uh, Friday in like a chicken place, basically like a some like it was one of those places. And Friday I had a show like in like the ghetto. I mean, it was like in like Hoffa. It was like Compton. Chicken and so, waffles. Yeah, chicken and waffles. What's chicken actually, and waffles. Like, you mean they tell me they sell fried chicken in Compton? <laughs> so, so then no, this is a different show. So I needed to get out of my house, and I'm like packing. My dad left me a bunch of stuff. I'm like moving stuff. Then I go to the Laugh Factory to pick up a check, and I notice my phone's gone. I'm like, fuck, dude, like. I don't even know how, but like, I can't even remember how people have like maps back in the day. I don't know how anyone got around. I can't remember yeah. anyone's phone number. So now I'm like, I have to get to this, this gig and I don't have a phone. So I had to drive. So then look, my wife and I, we have shared locations on our phones. She knows where I am. I know where she is. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I can't even turn it off because then she'll know something's up. Like if all of a sudden <laughs> like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like stuck, you know? So so we have shared locations. So I'm like, just find out where the phone is, right? So she's like, oh, your phone's, someone's driving around with your phone. Like she could see that my phone's, 
<laughs> it ends up 45 minutes away. So I, I call up, the guy only speaks Spanish. I'm like, I don't know, and I'm, I'm like, yo, dinero for me phono. I'm trying to like give it my phone back. He's like, mañana. I go, no mañana. So I, I asked my wife, tell me where this guy's address is. I'll just go to him. So now I go to like this place and it's like, I'm like a little nervous because I'm at a house, 1230 at night, knocking on the door, fucking like ringing the doorbell. I know my phone's in there. I don't know who's he's in the house. He's used to that. What? <laughs> I, I think he's used to that. <laughs> Probably, somebody right? knocking, somebody knocking the door at twelve thirty at night. So then, finally, the guy. Finally, I, I keep depressing the ring, and the lady that owns the house is like, "Hey, what's the matter? I'm not home. I'm in Florida. I'm like this guy that in here has my phone." She's like, "Well, what does he look like?" I go, "I have no idea. I, I, he he, is, he speaks Spanish." You're like Mexican. He looks Mexican. <laughs> finally, the fucking guy comes around. And he's like, oh, you hooked your phone? I'm like, yeah, why did you take it? But he has this, this little like Mexican dude. So I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. He gave it back to me. And all I had, I got paid in hundreds. All I have was hundreds in my, in my, in my wallet. So I'm not gonna give it a hundred dollars. I, I probably could have given him a hundred bucks, but I'm like a 20 or something. So now he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's good, you can have your phone, two phone. So then I'm like, all right. So I go in my car and I got like all this weed because I do all this. So I just gave him like a ton of weed. So now, <laughs> This Mexican dude has like a fucking like. There's gonna be phones disappearing all over Southern California <laughs> now. Or no matter, like, people are like, you get weed for stealing phones. <laughs> so, that was, so that was my that was my Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> Can't believe you got the balls to go to his house to get it. That's an important phone. Oh, I'm just like this is bullshit. Yeah, I mean, what is it? I'm like finally, like I, I get, I'll have to, I get to use my life fight camp. I've been training so hard if I have to. My wife's like, yeah, but he could have a gun. I'm like, I got two guns. Like, you know, I was trying to be funny. But anyway, my fucking two guns, two pods, two pods. Yeah, exactly. My fucking daughter, right? So we have a babysitter come because I'm like, I gotta get some work done. So this, this, our our nanny is a professional rapper. She she like teaches rap class. Her like name is her name is Lyric. Right. And, uh, and she actually like teaches rap at this school near me for like, I don't know, some school. But she comes and like, my daughter likes her and stuff. But if, if my daughter knows I'm home, she's like, daddy, daddy, daddy. So I'm like, I go upstairs to do work and then I hear just crying. So I'm like, oh, you know, what if she's hurt? So I run downstairs. It's just her training me. So the babysitter sent me to my room. She's like, you have to attend to the room by the <laughs> She's like, go to work. He's like, until you got two verses, I don't want to see you. have a gun? <laughs> Dude, she's got more followers than I have. She's got like 35,000 followers. She's, she's a fucking, she's actually a really good rapper. She's like legit, Lyric Jones. She's like legit, legit, and super cool. Um, and then uh, my brother's getting married. I got tickets to the Connor fight, of course, but I can't go. My, my, my brother brother's getting married. I'm so happy for him. I love him. I, I got to fly to New York. Um, I've been to some Connor fights. You want to sell those tickets? Uh, do you want to go? It's the guy I got. I got offered from a, a friend. Gave it to me. A buddy gave it to me. Would you go if I, if I, if I got it for you? Yeah. All right. I'll. Uh, How ask bad the are they? I think they're pretty good. It's the guy that owns like the UFC gyms, like the who like owns or who like owns it owns them. So I think probably BJ Penn will be there. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll uh, see. I'll I'll say I'll ask him. Um, but. Uh, yeah, man. So I, I've been to Connor fights before. I was at the, was at the Connor Chad Mendez fight, and that was a fight that every time I pick Connor to win, lose, he he wins, and vice versa. That was the craziest fight because they had Sandra, what's her name, uh, Sinead O'Connor sang the national anthem, right? 
and it was like silent. Right. It was like, the, it was like the, the, the Irish national anthem. It was, you know, and everyone was like a, she came in from like the ground and like rose up and sang it. And then the guy from uh, Stained sang the, uh, the Star Spangled Banner and people were just booing. I never saw Irish people <laughs> Boo, the national anthem. Like, I have never, it was crazy. It was crazy. But that guy, like, that guy personally, afterwards, I went to an after party with him. And it was all team alpha male. And you would think Chad won. I never saw a guy celebrate a loss. Like, he came to, I guess he got, he got half a million dollars, took the fight on like a, a week notice. But they partied their ass off. And everyone was, Don, when you lost a fight, did you, did you have like a celebration party? Was it, is, that, is that like a, a new thing? No, no, it's like a morgue. It's like a morgue. When I lose, I, I just I'm, I'm I just have a pity party, you know. Uh, same with you, Sean, right? Yeah, the first when I lost to Stephen Struve is the first time I ever lost. I went to his hotel room with him and ate cake because I hadn't had a carb in like a year. Um, but I, I just sat in there with him. I was too ashamed to even show my face at the hotel because I performed so badly. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't. It's pretty hard to go to an after party and be like, yo, you're that dude that got beat up, right? Like, yeah, it was me. Like, but, but, but he was like, everyone was partying and celebrating and saying, good fight, good fight. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I, I guess when you get a half million dollars, I guess it's like a win, right? Yeah. But, but still, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I think that's a new thing. I think it's a new generation, Don. I, I don't think people back in the day celebrate when they lost. Like anybody. I mean, even like... Oh, they, no, no, but... Yeah. No, they didn't get participation awards either, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> kind of true. Then I was at the Nate Diaz-McGregor fight. The first, well, I, went to, I went to the first one and second one. And the first one was the best I've ever seen. That, I was so happy for Nate Diaz um, because it was like he won on that card and then Misha Tate won. She beat Holly Holm on that card too. And Misha Tate was a girl that was always second best to Ronda. You kind of felt for her because she was always that girl that got like was good enough to get there, but just couldn't beat the hurdle that was Ronda Rousey. So for her to beat the girl that beat Ronda in the fifth round, the way she did, was pretty damn cool. I know uh, Don used to have a big crush on Misha, right? No, no, that was just a big joke. That was just a big fucking joke, and everybody took it. Everybody went the wrong direction with the fucking thing, man. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, but if Misha, after the, the speech, was like, hey, Don, let's go to my room. I'm, I'm, I want to give you a blowjob. What would, what would happen? Nah. Nah. Don would have been like, sorry, just... Ronda Rousey already offered. You're uh, second again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm busy. I've got, I've got something going already. <laughs> that is the funniest thing. By the way, have you been watching those A&E documentaries on wrestlers? I've watched a couple. No, yeah. no, I haven't seen them. Don, if you have free time, which it seems like you do, uh, definitely check out The Ultimate Warrior and Randy Macho Man Savage because those guys were like yeah. – that was like my childhood. I, was, I thought those guys were – like my bar mitzvah was Adam's No Holds Bar Mitzvah. And I had posters of The Ultimate Warrior with like my face on them. Like I was like – I loved Randy. But you talk about guys who – tragically flawed i mean the macho man came from like you know his father was a wrestler his brother was leaping lenny Poffo, the genius and he he was a baseball player almost made the pros he built himself up built himself up, built himself up and then uh 
after, but what a fucking psychopath when it came to Miss Elizabeth. I mean, he was like locking her in the room, wouldn't let anyone talk to her. I, I guess was rough with her. It was almost like he was like too in love with her. Uh, and then she finally ran away. And I, I heard he only hit her because he loved her. That's what I heard. But um, no, I, I got a great ultimate war <laughs> story real quick if you want to hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. So when I'm playing basketball in college, I want to go home one weekend. It was one weekend they let us have off. There's a big blizzard in Illinois. I'm trying to drive to Indiana. It's the interstate's backed up. I try to go on the shoulder to get around people because you have the asshole truck drivers trying to block both lanes, you know. My car slides off, so I got to have it towed. So some guy comes out, uh, starts towing my car. He's going to tow me all the way to Indy. I don't know how he was going to beat the traffic, but he did. This tow truck, and we're going. And so I start talking to him. He goes, you know who I'm best friends with? And I was like, I don't know. He goes, guess. I'm like, dude, what? how would I, of everybody in the world, like, I don't know. So I was like, I don't know, the president? Like, he's like, no, Jim Helwig. And I was like, okay. Uh, and he goes, that's the alternate warrior. I was like, oh, cool. So I'm talking to him, like, best buddies. Like, he goes, you know, he'd start telling all these alternate warrior stories. Then he, and part of his story, he's like, yeah, that's before I went to prison. And I'm like young and dumb enough. I was only 19 at the time. So I'm like, what'd you go to prison for? Like something you don't ask, you know? I was like, what'd you go to prison for? He goes, murder for hire. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm in this truck with this guy who either hired someone to kill someone or was hired to kill someone. He was like, yeah, I only did 12 years on it. I got off. And I was like, cool. And so I keep asking questions because I'm an idiot. Like, I just kept saying stuff. And he goes, you looking to have somebody killed? And I was like, dude, no, no. Like, no. I just, just trying to create. I didn't want to talk about the ultimate warrior anymore. You know what I mean? But uh, he thought I was, like, trying to set him up. You looking to have somebody killed or something? I was like, dude, no. I'm good. So, I don't know. That was my ultimate warrior story. That's hilarious. That's really I've got a great Bill Goldberg story. If you want to hear that real quick. Let me hear that one. So, I'm in line for the affliction fights when Fedor fought uh, Tim Sylvia to get into the after party, the VIP. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody say, excuse me, big man. And I turned around. It was Bill Goldberg. He's trying to cut in line. Yeah. And I said, no, nah, dude, I'm good. And he goes, well, I'm VIP. I said, yeah, me too. And uh, he goes, uh, "Is he why I can get through?" And I said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that you're next." Like, like he's <laughs> always say after every fight. And he's like, "What?" And I said, "You know, because you're Bill Goldberg." He was like, "Oh, oh yeah, how?" Like starts laughing. You know, two years later, this is why I'm mildly famous in the UFC. Or three years later, he comes up and I said, "Hey man, what's up?" I was in love everything. He goes, "Hey buddy, sorry, no picture autographs tonight." And uh, I was like, "Yeah, I wasn't planning on taking one with you anyway, dude. Like you know, or whatever." I said, "If you want one, let me know." I said, "But I'm not. I wouldn't want a picture with you anyway." But it actually, made me really mad. Because I wasn't asked for it. I just said, hey, what's yeah. up? Like, not like he's going to remember me, but I was like, what's up, Bill Goldberg? He's no, no pictures or autographs tonight, buddy. And I was like, yeah, I didn't I want his ex wife. His ex wife was stripping in Atlanta at some, yeah. at some strip club. <laughs> and she kept talking about Bill Goldberg the whole time about her ex husband being Bill Goldberg. Uh, I love that he tried to uh, threaten that one kid. Who's the kid that used to fight in the UFC that's a wrestler now? Um, oh, God. He, he got into it with Bill Goldberg. He was oh, like, he was uh, say he spoke too much. Who is it? Matt Riddle, right? Yeah, he got into it. Bill Goldberg's like, yeah, we need to have a talk. I'm like, Matt Riddle would knock your ass into next year, Goldberg. Like, just because you fake won 150 fights. Like, that was ridiculous. But anyway. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, Don, this, these documentaries. So then Macho Man left. Uh, he, he went to WCW and um, he started dating this girl. He went to a strip club and, like, met some girl, ended up marrying her. I, I, I forgot her name. She's now a truck driver in Alabama. Uh, she was – She's, kind of, she's really hot though. She's actually, she's actually, she's actually really hot. And all the wrestling fans are gonna be like, "Dude, that's fucking what's Oh, her name. Her, she went by Gorgeous George. That was her name. Macho Man gave her Gorgeous George. But they said he was doing like a thousand pills of ecstasy. Uh, like he was carrying a thousand pills on him in his fanny pack when he was going out clubbing with her and just coke partying and just roiding up the fucking like. And his his dad would give him the steroids. 
he would, he would go to his dad was a, an old school wrestler back in the day. His dad would give him <laughs> juicing him up. But uh, yeah, man, Macho Man had a crazy, crazy life. And then the other one, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior, like just rose up to fame. He was a bodybuilder who was also juicing up and whatever. Got into the WWE. And then he tried to. He told Vince McMahon, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to SummerSlam unless you give me half a million dollars. I want everything Hulk Hogan gets. And then Vince McMahon <laughs> fired him, basically. Then he went on some speaking tour to colleges, like thinking he's going to be like the next Rush Limbaugh. So, right. like, which, first of all, like who booked Ultimate Warrior to speak at your college? Like who thought this was a good idea? And then he said something where like gay people aren't as valuable as straight people because they don't they don't produce because uh, they can't reproduce. And, and so that fucking piece of off. Um, and which, he was wrong on that one. I'm not, but then it was like he had to, but then the WWE made like a fucking a DVD about the downfall of the Ultimate Warrior just to piss him off. And then finally, he changed his name legally to Warrior. So his, his wife's name is like, like Danny Warrior. His kids are all last name Warrior. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. But It's weird. His wife has a stripper name now too. Like I think the, the more of all those stories don't marry a professional wrestler unless you want to be a truck driver or stripper or daddy warrior. Like, I don't know. Uh, now, fucking Don, did you ever meet any of these wrestlers, uh, Ultimate Warrior or, or Macho Man? Yeah, I met Macho Man. Uh, he came over to Japan for um, uh, two shows and one time when we were on tour. A really nice guy, really nice guy. Nice. And I, uh, I, I was really, really impressed with the guy, you know, completely friendly. Did you ever wrestle with him? No, didn't work with him, no, you know. Um, but just watched him, you know, he was, he was amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, back when he was, like, focused, focused, they said him and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, like, wrote out, like, 2,000 moves and then would quiz each other. Like, okay, move number 34, then what do we do? And it, it was, like, probably the best match ever. It was, like, on that WrestleMania three. I think it was that one where Hogan yeah. was giant. And uh, I don't know. It was just uh, – it was fucking – those A&E – they're really good, those documentaries. But it's also, like, damn, dude. How many um, guys in the WWE or, or wrestling when, when uh, you were there, Don, were, were on Juice? Uh, I was never in WWE. I only worked for New Japan and All Japan. But how how many guys over there were on were on uh, steroids? Oh hell! I have a good one. I fuck. I didn't walk around. I didn't. I didn't walk around and check people's asses. <laughs> you know what's awesome, Adam? Is I I did a couple of pro wrestling events. Um, one where they had me participate. Tommy Dreamer talked me to participate. And they wanted me to slam this guy, and I was like, dude, I don't know how to protect you. He goes, I know how to fall. I was like, really, dude? I'd rather not. He wanted me to like tackle him and slam him like a spear, like a Bill Goldberg spear, but it ended up him just smacking on his head real hard, getting knocked out. It was ridiculous. But uh, I was driving at one point with those guys on this little van because we had to go to a couple different locations and listen to those dudes talk. Like Tommy Dreamer was there, Sabu, like uh, Shane Douglas, uh, Kevin Nash was at one of them. He's awesome. Kevin Nash is an awesome guy. Um, but like they'll be talking and it's like they, they lose track of reality and they're pro wrestling. So they'll be like, yeah, best night of my life, Starcade 85. Me and Tito Santana went 30 minutes. I barely pulled through. Like, I cannot believe I won that match. And I was like, but you guys knew who was going to win at the start, right? Yeah, but I mean, my character pulled through. And I was like, oh, okay. And so, like, yeah, I went into an injury. I thought, there's no way I'm beating Dick the Bruiser. I'll be damned if I didn't. And I'm like, but you guys knew ahead of time, right? They're like, well, yeah, but I mean, 
it was just a, it was surreal to me to beat him. I'm just I would I was dying laughing on the inside. I didn't, didn't want to make fun of their face. Want to get depressed? Uh, look at Lex Lex Luger. Is Lex yeah. Luger? Now. Yeah. Because remember how big Lex? I mean, yeah. He was the biggest human being I've ever seen. Now he's got to be like 130 pounds. I think he's wheelchair bound. I'm not sure. He was the one that like Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. Lurch, like man, it was it's it's unrecognizable. Don, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, he is wheelchair bound. You know, he's just like you said, shocking. Look at him now. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know who he was. You wouldn't know who he was if he wheeled up next to you. You know, I mean, it's, ran over your foot. <laughs> I mean, it sounds it sounds like he's doing well. He found Christ. He's like. Sober, obviously, and, and, and it seems like he's doing I was, I was saying, you talking there, it did sound like he was doing really well when you no, got the wheelchair. But, I mean, <laughs> but the look at him, I've never seen a, 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 like, a body, like, the way he was before, but it was crazy. So, Jason Miller, how you doing, man? What's going on? No, I'm fucking fantastic if I can figure out Zoom. Am I even on the damn audio right now? Yes, you are. But don't worry, uh, Don's been on the show for a year and still can't figure it out, so it's all good. Uh, so... <laughs> Here we are. Uh, Jason, any update on the gym that you're running? Ah, yeah, I mean, fan-fucking-tastic. Everybody's a goddamn beast, and, like, I don't know. Uh, basically, I've been catatonic. I thought you guys were talking about me because I felt like I was in a wheelchair for the past week. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you told me, and we can take this out if you want, but you told me one of the issues at the gym was the guys sparring. They were, like, doing light touching. They weren't really hitting each other. Uh, oh, I like I, I had half a mind to duct tape one of their hands to each other's head and give them a Dawn Fry fight. You know what I'm saying? The fucking classic <laughs> fucking slobber knocker where they just hold on with one hand. And, I mean, you know, I just got to get these kids to punch each other. I mean, there's obviously I mean, the other extreme is going too hard, like the Pat Miller system. <laughs> where you guys are getting, like, CTE before the fight starts. Um, but this is the other direction? Yeah. I, you know, it, it's like, I don't know, the participation trophy kind of guys. You know what I'm saying? It's like the, the new generation is, like, uh, a kinder, gentler uh, savage. So it's like one of those things that I have to kind of work through, you know, split the difference between, the, you know what I mean, everybody <laughs> – fists and uh, actually, you know, working. You know, the, the good thing about it is, right, is that all the guys are not only fantastic athletes, but they're also friends. And every time I've seen a gym like that, that turns it into, like, you know, where everybody gets better and better and better. Not, not you uh, dink the guy and make him, like, wobbly and then go for the kill. You know, like, that's not – you don't do that in a practice, but you make a mental note, you know, that, oh, okay, that worked, and that's where to finish, you know. And then there's drills to do the finish, too, that I learned from C.R. Bajazada, where, you know, because when I, if a guy falls down, it, there's an awkward moment where you have to, like, jump in and finish him. There's, all, there's drills for that. You know, there's drills for that. There's drills for everything, but it's just a matter of getting everybody on the same page. But you said one of the issues was when they had actual fights – that they didn't they they weren't ready because they were they didn't know what it was like to be hit at full capacity and also because they weren't hitting people at full capacity. Yeah, well, and you know they're punching right in front 
of the other fighter. They're like punching just like they're doing the same thing, playing a patty cake instead of hammering the guy, you know? Yo, is Don, you know, I've got everybody's picture up here, and all I see is like a caterpillar of Don Fry's finger. Don, what kind of, <laughs> hey, cigar is that you're smoking there? Oh, my goodness, bro. You really are. A good, a good one, damn it. Don, was, ever, was that ever an what? issue you as far as like your gyms were ever guys going too hard or not, or not hard enough when it came to sparring? Uh, no, there's a couple, yeah, a couple times uh, we get a new idiot come in and um, they try and go win the gold, you know, and somebody pull them aside and say, hey, you know, this is practice. Don't hurt anybody, you know, and you won't get hurt. And, uh, you know, you pull them aside a couple of times and then uh, I'm like, well, the fucking guy ain't getting it. You know, get him, you know, send him home in pieces. Uh, now, yeah, that's exactly what I, yeah, that's exactly what I said to the guys. Like, I said, look, there'll be a time where I, like, do this. And, like, that's like, go get him. Like, fine, if this guy's going to be a jerk, yeah. fine, let him be a jerk. But if we're all teammates, right. we should all know, like, when to pull back. You know, that, it's a strange, there, there's a strange balance, you know, like you said, you you don't want that militage old school style where everybody's just hammering each other the whole time. So you know you walk into the fight with a concussion, but you also don't want to go. Boop, 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 uh, now you said Sean Tim Sylvia used to wait for everyone to get tired, and then want to spar with you guys, right? Yeah, he was one of those guys. He loved to jump in after you've done two rounds, uh, and then come in, or he could go with Mitch Rowan and he would just head kick you when you're not even wearing shin pads, stuff like that. Like he just like you never knew what was coming with him. He was a he was like, well, that's just the way it was in the NFL. I was like, you people in the head in the NFL? Like, cause I don't understand. <laughs> but, yeah, he was 110% all the time. And he got into a fight with Alistair Overeem when Overeem was roided out the very first time they practiced. And he told me, you ain't going to believe what happened with Overeem today. I said, I have a feeling I'll believe it, Matt. Like, I bet you hit him too hard. He got mad and murdered you. He was like, yeah, how'd you know? I was like, because people don't like getting kicked over and over again without shin pads, especially above the shoulders, you know? Well, the fights this week are going to be awesome, by the way. Uh, we got – Obviously, Connor versus Poirier. Uh, last night, Connor released a weird cryptic uh, voice memo where he goes, Hey, P-head, P-head, I'm coming for you. And that, that was it, basically. Oh, I mean, if it was a little bit long. Hello, Jason? Hold on. Guys? Hello? Fuck. Hello? Yeah. All right. Jason, what were you saying? Yeah, I hear you, Adam. I just can't see you. Uh, go cool. Jason, what were you saying? If it was a little bit longer? Oh, my God. There you go. Jason, what were you saying? May I was like, if it was a little bit longer, uh, I could have finished. But, you know, <laughs> ah, sensuality, you know, it, it's always better when you tell a joke a second time. Oh, well, <laughs> nobody heard it the first time, so it's okay. Uh, 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 now, um, who do we like in Wonder Boy versus Gilbert Burns? I know, Don, you said karate doesn't work. You think it's the least effective martial art. Uh, but this guy is the best. He's the best. Wonder Boy is the best. Him and MVP. Uh, who do we like in this fight? Gilbert Burns or Wonder Boy? Don. I, I don't know Gilbert Burns. Who's he fought? Uh, he fought Usman. He actually had Usman hurt. And then he then got hurt and then got finished in round two. It was a pretty good fight, though. Pretty competitive fight. 
Uh, he beat Tyron Woodley. He's, he's a high-level BJJ black belt. And his striking has gotten much better. He was on like a six-fight winning streak before Usman. Um, he's really good at jiu-jitsu. And the other guy's really good at karate. Uh, so who do you think wins the fight? Oh, let's see if they stay standing up. I go with the karate guy. If it gets <laughs> to the ground, I go with the jiu-jitsu guy. How simple is that? That's very simple. Mayhem? Well, I mean, after that earth-shattering commentary, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Fry. Uh, hey, but you know, I'm in the same boat as Fry. You know, that that's like, uh, that's an accurate assessment of the thing. And, you know, my heart goes with uh, Wonder Boy. Uh, little known fact, I trained with him when he was like a little baby. Like, that was one of the, yes. That was like one of the first, like, uh, martial arts school. Because uh, Ray Thompson's upstate karate was like one of the biggest martial arts schools in the entire like Southeast, you know what I mean? He took McDojo to like Walmart levels, you know what I mean? Like this place was a factory and everybody in like, what was it? Greenville, South Carolina knew how to do a little bit of karate. It was pretty interesting. And at the time I was like a full on jujitsu nerd. You know, I like videotapes of jujitsu. So I just went and choked out all the karate guys and everybody was angry at me all the time, and I was just like, oh, even before I had a fucked up ear, you know what I'm saying? Wasn't it a karate school? It was a karate school, full on. They had above the waist kickboxing. It was like, tremendous. It was, it was a pretty- uh, I'm saying, were you allowed to choke people out, or you just took it upon yourself, choke everybody nah, out? Nah, 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 they actually grappled. They like had oh. their own karate grappling that was like far inferior to my, I learned Gracie Jiu Jitsu on videotapes. <laughs> Like, it was, like, it was hilarious. Well, actually, it was a mix of my hillbilly wrestling with my, the little jiu-jitsu that I learned, you know. And, like, all the guys there would do, like, this kind of – they would grab your wrist and, like, try to, like – and I'd be, like, yeah, looking no. at them, like, what the, what the fuck is this? Like, uh, karate wrist lock? You know, I'd just, like, get around behind them and choke them unconscious. You know, but um, I don't know, man. That Gilbert Burns dude is, like, on a trajectory, isn't he? Like – well, this guy is like yeah. hammer fisted, you know, jujitsu guy. I think that, and, and Thompson isn't impossible to get to the ground. So I'm like leaning, you know, my heart says Thompson. My head says Gilbert. And Don, what was that? Was that a dog in the background or was that a person? What was that? Uh, in one of each. Oh, who's over there? My son. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, tell him, tell him we said hello. Uh, Sean, who, who, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Gilbert Burns or Thompson? I'm gonna go Burns for the same reason uh, Mayhem said. I also got to say it's great to have Mayhem on the show so that I won't get a hundred messages that say you think you're funny, but you're no Mayhem. Like uh, they all, that's all I get all the time. The show sucks since Mayhem's gone. They put McCork on there. He sucks. I'm like, great guys, thanks. Oh like, yeah, man. So, Bro, you know what? It's, it's probably great for you, McCorkle, to be like the third funniest guy in MMA after me right. and Brandon <laughs> Oh, no. Don't. That's the don't. You just made my day. <laughs> please, please don't. don't JK, LOL. Don't, don't, don't say that. Whatever you do. Um, so Colby that was Covington, awesome. So, Colby, did you guys see Colby Covington's tweet, by the way? Nah, what did it say? No. So he posted a video. I know he's still alive. 
So, so Colby Covington posted a video of Dustin Poirier dropping somebody in sparring, uh, like knocking someone out in sparring. And with the caption, uh, hold on, let me see if I, can, if I can find this. And people are actually on Dustin's side with this. Let me see if I could, if I could share the screen. Boom. Uh, here we go. Okay. So you, can you guys see this? Yeah. Yes. All right. So it says, fighters defend. Uh, a Tuesday, Covington released a previously teased video of Poirier dropping a teammate and sparring. Uh, he basically said, this guy wearing full Nerf gear, head to toe to protect his face and feelings is Poirier. The guy with no headgear, wrestling credentials, or brain cells is Khabib. Dustin Poirier, good guy, bad guy, you be the judge. All right, so here's <laughs> So he basically dropped his, he basically dropped his partner. Uh, and then people are saying, according to Masvidal, says, why don't you post a video of Poirier dropping you with the body shot? Always hating on people with power. Uh, Isaac Valley Flag says, anybody who thinks Dustin did anything wrong in the sparring video has never spent time in the gym before. Uh, and if Colby put this out uh, because right before Dustin's fight, he's more of a dick than, any, than either of them. So everyone's saying nothing dirty about it. Uh, what do you guys think? Bro, that's the business. You know what I'm saying? This kid, the guy's getting ready for a championship fight, one of the biggest fights of his entire life. So, you know, he's going to go hard. Like, that's how it is. Like, that's the way it is. Like, you have to work hard. You have to like, get ready. And I've studied those. Uh, I studied right. the last fight a lot, you know. <clears throat> and I, I think that Poirier is like, you know, the strength that he brings with his punches. Like, his boxing has developed so much, and these tricky little things that he does uh, with his straight left and with his right check hook are really going to be the determining factors. If if he can land that on Connor, he's going to have a, a short night, you know. I, I think that, uh, again, it's like about trajectory. Poirier has been on this steady rise, and Connor has been kind of like the same Connor. You know, and even went to boxing only. You know that so it does something to you. Uh, so, so you're picking Poirier, uh, McCorkle, you? Man, I don't know. I think both of them at their best. I think Connor's a better fighter if he's at his best, but he hasn't shown much, man, um, recently. Um, so I think it's a toss up. I'm probably gonna go with Connor this time because there's more pressure on him. I mean, he was he was like landing some shots in the first one, but he wasn't able to put. Uh, Poirier out, but it might all come down to the calf kicks again. If he can't defend that, he's not going to be able to do much, man. Well, yeah, here's my thing. Here's what I, here's what I think about that, is that those, those calf kicks were, were an interesting thing because, because they're both southpaws. Connor never had to deal with that. Connor never had to deal with that southpaw, like, calf kick before. And what happened in that fight was really uh, the punches were a factor because Poirier had figured out that if he switches stances, Connor throws this crazy straight left where he leans his head way forward. And, and like, all he did was duck that and counter with the right hook. Like, that's all he did. He, like, knew that when he switched stances, Connor was coming with the straight left. So all he did was a crazy duck and then just threw the right. Like, he threw it right where he knew Connor's head was going to be. Yeah. And Connor, you know, he, he 
as far as I know, he hasn't changed his training camp. He hasn't done anything different. And he didn't do that thing where he gets in your head other than this weird, creepy 3 a.m. text message. I mean, voicemail where he's like calling a B-head, you know? I think yeah. that, like, Connor needs to, like, get inside a guy's head to really fuck with them. And, like, Poye is unflappable. Don, anybody ever get in your head when you fought him? No. I, I was pretty empty. I always kept my, my head empty. You know, so get in there. <laughs> Did you ever try to get anyone else's head? Oh, yeah. I tried getting in Shamrock's head, you know, which was both good and bad. And, um, shit. And a couple other guys, I don't remember who, but. Misha Tate? Know, it was. <laughs> dude. <laughs> no, some guys are easy. Some guys are easier than others. <laughs> Yeah, now, uh, you were a king of that, McCorkle. You got in everyone's head when you fought. Yeah, except Mark Hunt. I didn't want to get in his head because I was pretty sure he was going to kick my ass. So. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say to you at the uh, weigh-in? Uh, we were cool, man. I actually told him, took a picture with him, which I still can't find, but told him, like, I was a huge fan. It was surreal for me to fight UFC because I didn't, like, really belong there. But to be fighting Mark Hunt in my hometown in front of, like, Usually the prelims, that's the first fight of the night. There was 18,000 people. It was ridiculous for the first fight of the night. But I was cool with him, like a huge – he was one of my favorite fighters till we came out right as uh, the fight got ready to start. He entered the ring or cage, came over and did that stupid, like, you know, split the throat thing to me or whatever. And yeah. I lost my mind because I couldn't stand being disrespected by somebody I had shown no disrespect to. And so I said – I was like um, – I told him, I said, you're about to see, bitch. I said, wait. I said, you'll see. Like, started, like, saying stuff to him. Then the first time he hit me, I was like, wow, I was way off. Like, I guess he's not going to see. <laughs> uh, he was way faster than I thought he was. Um, but uh, thankfully, I, um, yeah, got him to the ground by pulling the worst guard ever and uh, submitted him. But hey, it, it was going to be a short night for me if I hadn't. Now, were you single back then? Uh, yeah, seems like it. Did you get laid that night or no? No, man, I actually had to do an interview with Sure Dog, and I wouldn't have done it except they had bet, like, talked all kind of shit about me. I was a joke in this, so I had to seek them out to do an interview with them and just kept asking them what they thought about me now and stuff like that. Then uh, I had to attend an after party. I was getting paid $1,000 to go to that I never got paid for. Matt Mitrione arranged it, and I never got my money. Um, so, um, yeah, after that, I just went home. Like, about 1 a.m., I just went home. I had it. Uh, Jason, I was uh, hoping the whole night that I hadn't dreamed I'd be and was going to wake up in the hospital or something. Like, I really kept thinking about it. I hope this is real because that would suck if I got knocked out and I just thought I beat him. So. Now, Don, I know you're a faithful guy to, uh, to your, to your ex-wife, so you, you never got laid after your fights in, in Japan. Jason. Only with her. Only with her. Only with her. Uh, but I had to wait in line. Uh, Jason, what about you, man? After you, after you beat Sakuraba, I mean, was Bruh. it? Come on, Bruh. You saw them dancers? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but they Six were underage. Yeah, but they Six were. Six out of seven. What? That, that's how old they were. Uh, oh, jeez, bro. <laughs> so, nah, uh, you know, like you were talking about getting in people's head. You know, I think Poye might be in that camp of like not. You can't really get into his head, you know? Like, uh, it's like uh, when I fought Lawler, like I at the press conference, I was like, hey, man, you know, there's like really smart guys and there's great athletes. You're a great athlete. And he was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> yeah. So I was like, fuck, I can't get in this motherfucker's head at all. He like doesn't even get it. Yeah. No, you're, no you're, I think you're absolutely right. I feel like some guys, you just can't, like Wonder Boy, like that guy's just going to say thank you. How's it? You know who's like that? Tim Tebow. When people used to tackle him, he would go, Jesus loves you. Everybody that tackled him, he would tell him, Jesus, I mean, I can't think of a more annoying, imagine like you sacked the guy, Jesus loves you. It was even more surprising when you realized he was talking about the guy who stole your phone, Adam. Oh, yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, that, yeah hey, uh, before you came on, Jason, I lost my cell phone and I, I got it back. I went to somebody's house because I had like Google sharing. My wife and I do location sharing. So I went to the guy's house at like midnight. Some Mexican dude finally came out with my phone. Uh, so I gave him a bunch of weed. Uh, as his- <laughs> well, that's racist. <laughs> I had nothing else. I had nothing else in my car. Like I was gonna give him. Uh, like all I had was hundred dollar bills. Like, I got paid in hundreds. So I didn't. Want, I didn't want to give. Like, it was a lot for him. <laughs> Adam's <laughs> giving a Mexican weed. He's like got an Eskimo. He's giving ice cubes too. Like here you go. <laughs> or giving jokes to Brendan Schaub. The last thing he needs. <laughs> <laughs> How is Schwab's comedy career going? I've been away for a while. Doing all right? Uh, it's stellar. <laughs> um, so uh, it came in the news today. GSP is picking Jake Paul to beat Tyron Woodley in boxing. He says it's a different sport. Uh, he's trained with amateurs that would give him the business back in the day in boxing. GSP did. And he just thinks that uh, he thinks that in an MMA match, Woodley would win. But in boxing, he's going to have the weight on him, and he's going to beat him. Uh, Fry, what are your thoughts? That weight makes a lot of difference in a stand-up fight. You know, it really does. It makes a difference in any fight. But um, unless you're a heavyweight, you know, and you're used to it, um, heavyweight is the only weight class that, you know, can fight somebody uh, more than 10, 15 pounds than them and, and be successful at it. You know the other guys, they they can't they can't do anything against a you know somebody ten pounds heavier. So I would yeah I'd have to go with uh, uh, Paul. You're insane! <laughs> Come on, Fry. Look, this guy. Look, uh, it's an eight round fight, right? It's an eight round exhibition. Okay, Tyrone Woodley's been in shape before. Like he knows how to put a jab out there. He knows how to wrestle too. Usually the weight factor comes on because of a bigger guy who like will hang on the other guy's arms and like wear him out. But I don't think that's gonna be a factor, Tyrone Woodley. And I don't think he's gonna really put a damn big hand up. He's gonna be way faster. He's gonna be moving around. He's gonna be zigging and zagging. He's training with Mayweather, okay? I, I figure he'll be sharp on the night. How, how long does he got left to train for this? July 28th is the fight. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I hope he's got time to do it. I don't really think that uh, – I don't think it's going to be as much of a factor that the size because it's an eight-round fight. I think that he's going to be able to push the pace early and then get Paul to tire himself out a bit. And then late and later, yeah, I think he might win some of the middle rounds, maybe like by slugging and getting Tyrone to like have to like block and whatever. But – you know, majority, Sean? I think it'll be, you know, decision for Woodley. I don't think he's going to get knocked out. Sean? I mean, I think unless Woodley is completely shot physically, I don't see any way Paul wins. Man, Woodley isn't Ben Askren, you know, when it comes to striking. So, uh, yeah, unless, unless Woodley's chin's gone or unless, you know, he's got 
torn up shoulder, something like that, you know, that we don't know about. But I, I can't – I mean, I couldn't see Ben Askren. Askren either. But You also picked Askren to win. Yeah, I didn't know Astro was going to stand down there with his hands up and his chin out waiting to get hit either, though, too. Like, who would have thought that? <laughs> and, like, just put your hands did... up a little. Yeah, I agree. How, how the fuck did Askren train for that? Like, uh, playing EA boxing? I don't he understand. Did, he, did one, he did one week at, at Wild Card with Freddie Roach. Uh, and wow. Then, and then he hired that guy, K9 Bunridge, the guy that used to bark all the time on the contender. That had, like, he, he had trained him. He go, woof. He had, like, the word. Yeah, he hired him. So he didn't really ask her and didn't really ask him. Uh, also, all right, this week we've got um, Greg Hardy uh, versus Ty Tavosa. Greg Hardy is the guy that was in the NFL that had the domestic problems that, like, they just kind of uh, – the UFC guy. And he's – Who doesn't? Uh, uh, Bless your heart. Uh, me and Sean. Um, yeah. So uh, he, uh, and, and you, have you ever arrested Don? No, right? No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm talking the NFL though. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God, even worse. I heard Greg Hardy solved his domestic problems pretty quickly. So yeah. yeah so so Greg yeah. Hardy fighting Ty Tavusa. Uh, he, he's a kickboxer, a boxer from uh, New Zealand. Uh, that should be a good fight. Uh, if any of you guys want to chime in, chime in. Um, and then uh, Yana Kuniskaya, who's a pretty hot Russian girl, is fighting Irene Aldana. Uh, I'm sure you guys don't know that. Uh, Sean O'Malley. We know Sean O'Malley. He's the guy with the yeah. crazy hair, those, uh, those crazy kicks. He lost one fight because his ankle blew out. Um, he's fighting Chris Mutijo. There was like a fucking line of people wanting to fight Sean O'Malley. And the UFC found a guy that's not in the UFC to bring him up on sh- short notice. Right. I, think, I think that – I'm not saying they're protecting him, but they could have given him a, yeah. a you know – Nah, I mean, look, you know, there's rare guys that become stars in this sport, you know? And O'Malley is one of them. Like, he's a fucking star. The guy does, like, flashy techniques. He's, like, got power in both hands. He knows how to kick. He knows how to punch. He knows how to wrestle. Like, he is a guy that you should protect a little bit and bring him along so that the fans can see him. You exhibit him, you know? You want to show him off a bunch. You don't want to, like, just – I mean, that injury – it was why it was freak, you know, that, that could have been a big deal. And so you don't want to just throw him back into like a top 10 kind of guy. You want to bring him along. I don't know what's going on right now. It's like, Don, no, I don't know. I think Don Fry's doing his taxes in the background or something. <laughs> He's like talking to his dog. What? Yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. You know, exactly. I, I, I tried my best to come on MMA Roasted. I tried to my best to come on MMA Roasted and deliver hard-hitting technical advice and, uh, you know, analysis, but <laughs> I'm, upstaged, I'm upstaged by a rescue mutt. He looks like Don, too. That's the thing. That dog looks just like Don Fry. Jason wasn't here when Don told us his dog's yeah. name was Syndrome and that he hated telling him to get down. Remember that? No, you said oh. that. Oh, <laughs> it was me. Sorry. By the way, also, Mayhem, so McCorkle's always like, He's like fucking. Uh, he's all talking about money, 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 money. He goes out and buys a farm, right? So he lives on a farm in Indiana. And he's never, he never, he never farmed before. So he flips the <laughs> tractor in like the first week, right? He, him and his kid. Then, then a meth head comes in the backyard. He's got like an AK-47, like he's fucking Rambo, shooting up the whole fucking neighborhood, right? <laughs> then, then he goes out and buys a twenty thousand dollar dog. 
to fucking to breed. It doesn't even know anything about dog breeding, but thinks this is a good investment. And then buys another dog, and he almost fucking shoots the dog while the fucking meth head's there. So he's fucking shooting <laughs> up there. Then he buys a pond. He puts a pond in his front yard, but like, but doesn't know who to hire. So they build half the pond and then leave. Right, so now he's got half a pond with a fucking moat like in the corner, uh, and he's got a dog breeding business, and he's going to South uh, South America with fucking Don Fry to get stem cells put in in Colombia. This is this is their newest fucking mission. Like, what can go wrong here? So I'm saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all this all this sounds accurate. Yeah, it sounds good. I think I want to get in on this actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I've started questioning my decision when oh. Mayhem wanted in on it. I was like, okay, wait. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down, bro. I mean, if you need some seed money, I mean, let's get into it. You know what I mean? Let's harvest some embryos. You know, I have Democrat friends. <laughs> uh, Sean, is anything that I'm saying not true? Uh, I mean, it's close. It's actually two $10,000 dogs with a third one on the way. Um, so there's that. Uh, they did finish the pond, finally. Um, I'm not actually farming. I just wanted some land. And it sounds like from your story, I'm bad with money, but you got to ask yourself, how is someone who hasn't had a job in 10 years buying 20 acres, putting a pond in, buying ten dollars $20,000 dogs? And if you're thinking a covert weed operation in Michigan, you might be right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't do that Bruh. anymore either. But... <laughs> <laughs> now, Fuck, bro. There's ears everywhere, dude. Now, do you know how to breed, you know how to breed dogs? Do you have any kind of expertise on that? Yeah, I've raised them my whole life. Yeah, I've been around my whole life. Um, if I can't get 5,000 a pup, I'm doing something wrong, which I mean, is very with my history in life. It wouldn't surprise me if I couldn't give them away because that's the way it works. But yeah, I bought them from this world famous breeder. I've got uh, three dogs from her. So, um, once they're ready to breed, I should be able, I mean, I, I would think $5,000 a puppy. We'll see though. I don't know, maybe a thousand and it's all a waste of money. So dude, what kind of dog is this? Like, uh, they, they, they call them American bullies, but they're basically just oversized pit bulls. All right. So now, do you have any animals on this farm? Um, not that I haven't shot yet. Um, no. Um, we've got to, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not into, like, having cows or horses or anything like that. Like, uh, just a puppy mill. That's strictly a puppy mill. So, so old Mick Corkle had a farm. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Fuck, sorry. I had to do it. Jason, do you have any, any advice for uh, – now, it's too bad that you and, and Jason didn't get it uh, – because you guys would have been perfect together. So he started a fight promotion because he was managing like 20 guys, but he couldn't get them fights, right? So he, he, he rented out a huge venue in Indiana and he had fights, but then he had his ex-girlfriends have pillow fights with each other uh, in between the real fights. And then he had MMA fights, boxing fights, and then halfway through, he makes a speech and he lists off every girl in the building that he fucked. So now they're all angry at him. People are on dates. They're with their dates. And he's like, I fucked that girl, that girl, that girl in the ass. Then he almost gets, like, indicted because they found out that the pillow fights weren't actual fights. So they were, like, they were rigged. So he, right, he almost... This like, motherfucker is having unsanctioned pillow fights. What about the sanctity of the sport? Right. Next to be telling me that the Vaseline fights were unregulated. <laughs> Don, isn't that, Sean, isn't that kind of what happened, too? Yeah, they were. They got mad about it. They said that the fights weren't like these aren't really fights, though. And I said, well, I didn't get them sanctioned because it's just like an exhibition. And they said, well, you can't do it anymore. So I had a real fighter who's actually in trouble now. He's in jail for hitting a girl in the face with a hammer, but not at my show, just in general. But I had him go in and challenge to him to a fight. 
just playing around. And I told the girls, I'd give him 100 bucks a piece if they really beat him up, like kicking full force in the balls and punch him in the face. And it was awesome. Like three or four girls jumped him, were stomping him out. It was great. He didn't know it was coming, but it was uh, he wouldn't hit him back because uh, I guess he wasn't hitting girls with hammers at that point yet. But, uh, yeah, then the uh, then the commission said they're going to shut the show down if I didn't stop doing ridiculous stuff. So, Bro, I should hook that guy up with my ex, bro. She did the same shit. You know what I'm talking about. Right, right, Adam. You know what I'm yeah. talking about, right? Was anybody entertained by this show? Are people looking around during this event going, "What's uh, the?" The men loved it. The women did not like it. The women that were there did not like what was going on. So, yeah, I mean, not I even the ones pillow fighting didn't seem to like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So I mean, it's too bad you and Mayhem didn't know each other earlier. I feel like you guys could have had. Yeah. A <laughs> well, some men just want to watch the world burn. Now, Jason, uh, some, of the fi- some of the fighters that you are coaching right now that have talent, are you going to manage them? I hope so. Some of these assholes signed with other people while I was away. Oh, well. I mean, that's the business. You know what I mean? And who knows? You know, I was facing a long time, so maybe they yeah. didn't know what was going on. But, you know, I got enough guys to take care of the business, you know. Just keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, it's one of those things. You can't get too butthurt about it. It's like, uh, you know, it never gets any easier. Oh, well. Got it. Got it. I'll tell you one thing about managing fighters. There's nothing like putting like 10 or 20 grand into a guy and then him saying, yeah, I just don't want to fight anymore, man. I'm just not, I'm not into it anymore. I'm like, okay, well, I paid for you and your opponent for your last six fights to get you six and oh. Now you don't want to fight anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, it'd been nice to know six fights ago. Uh, man, I can't imagine. I mean, MMA fighters are so underpaid as it is. I can't being a manager and taking, what, 10%, $800 or something. Like, like that's got to be that's gotta be rough. I mean, you really have to, like, you really have to have three other jobs to be an MMA manager, I would, I would think. Uh, Don, what, what's going on right now? Yeah, Don, you don't want to be on the show anymore. I mean, <laughs> no, love what, you, bud. What, you, you don't have on? to be on the show. Don, are, are you okay, Don? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm getting my get my son some money. To, since you're all were talking drugs so much, you know, you start making me itch. You know, I, don't I, know. Know. I thought you already had daughters. <laughs> What's that? I thought you only had daughters. How many how many sons do you have? Uh, one. He's he's forty years old from a different <laughs> different relationship. Oh, okay. Got it. And, and you're still giving him money? Well, he's picking something up for me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. A runner. <laughs> this is the most dysfunctional fucking podcast in the history. Uh, so Carlos Condit is fighting. Did you guys see that uh, against, against Max Griffin, who I like a lot? Max is a good dude. You guys see that video I, I posted? Probably not, but I'll, I'll play it. Where, uh, you know how, like, I mean, I've done about nine overseas trips for the, for the, the uh, military. Sean, you, you, you did a couple. You know how you get these guys that, like, hey, do you want to roll? And they're, like, purple belts or black belts or whatever. And they're like, oh, I've only done this a couple times. And they try to sit in, like, UFC fighters. I'm sure that happened to you every time, right, with, like, other guys? Most of them were afraid to grapple with me because I thought I was going to try to hurt them. But uh, the ones I ran into were the guys that would just curl up in the fetal position on a ball and then be like, oh, I went five minutes. He couldn't submit me. I'm like, well, yeah, dude, I couldn't punch or anything either. Like, you know, like if you're just going to wrap your arms around your knees and hold, like, what am I going to, how am I going to submit you? You know, like it was just, 
I ran into a lot of that. Uh, Shayna Baszler submitted several guys, and then they like they couldn't hear the end of it the whole rest of the time at the base. They were like, "That's a, a girl choked you out!" Like to the guys that she was submitting. So nobody wanted to roll with me or her. So, so there's, there's so here's what happened with Carlos Condit. I'll, I'll play it. Carlos Condit went overseas on one of these tours, and um, the guy says to him, "Carlos says, uh, how hard do you want to do? You, do you want to go?" And then the guy says, "Hit me as hard as you want to be hit." Uh, that's what the guy says to Carlos Condit. And here's how, here's how this was. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, that's like the same kind of thing. I mean, but also, like, he damaged the piece of government property. So, 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 I mean, so, so I'll, I'll play from, from, from the, uh, the uh, beginning. It's up to you, man, right? The guy goes, hit me as hard as you want to get hit. The guy right away flips Carlos. This is Carlos right here. Yeah, I mean, look, let me tell you, dude, I, I went to the Marine uh, training camp and like taught the guys combatives. And uh, at the end of the whole seminar, the guy, <laughs> they went back to back to back to back to back. I just stayed in, you know, like when I was in sick shape. I just like tapped out like 15 of them in a row. And the last one was like the biggest Mexican I ever seen. He looked like, I don't know, Tenochtitlan. I, I don't know, Chulu the war god. Like, <laughs> it, you know, it was just fucking crazy. And, and look, America's armed forces, they're savages, you know, but when you fight for a living and that's all you do, it's much different than, you know, you gotta be on the range and you gotta be on, you know, filling out paperwork and I don't know, do whatever your MOS is, you know? Yeah, they're also not fighting with submissions. They're just fighting for like their lives. It's a different kind of fight. That's why I, I kind of feel like Krav Maga doesn't always translate to MMA because nah. the rules are a lot different, you know? Which are basically- What do you mean, Krav Maga when you poke each other in the eye and shit? Just, like kicking in the, ball, kicking in the balls. Kicking in the balls. I took a Krav Maga class. Look, I'm not saying it's obviously effective when it comes to, you know, if you're fighting in war, but they were trying, they were teaching these soccer moms what to do when a guy like holds a gun at you. Uh, and the soccer moms were just taking the, the plastic guns. I'm like, th th first the guy was like, well, first thing to do is give the guy your money. But if you have to, I'm like, don't even teach this. <laughs> like, this yeah. Yeah. Teach pocketbook takeouts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, take your pocketbook out, hand it to the guy. Jesus Christ, please. Yeah, I wonder, you know what? I bet you, like, the percentage of people getting shot to do crab goo is, like, way higher, you know? <laughs> like, I think like, anybody I that says it, okay? Anybody that says it long Real psycho mayhem days, like, when I was just on a delirium bender all the time, I, like, brought my stuff to a Krav Maga place and just, I mean, I would get drunk at night and then beat up fuck everybody at that place all day. It was really weird. Yeah, it was like it was like a blurry moment in my life where I was just like beating up crab maga people for no reason. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of fun. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is worse than this. So this guy McDojo life, right? We have had him on the podcast. So he his mission in life is to expose fake MMA trainers, right, and fake gyms, which I think is kind of cool because, I mean. It is annoying that people could just say that they know what they're doing because they're teaching others like bad technique, and those people are then getting hurt. Well, like, they do. They had them. They they just have a set of keys to the gym. You know, that's all. 
That's all they're qualified as. You know, they can open up the fucking door and lock it up. But you got to see this guy, Don, because this is this is like next level. Okay, so this guy, I mean, this is teaching. Hold on, let me see. Are you watching this? Can you guys see this? Yeah. yeah. So this is. Uh, yeah. well, I've seen this on browsers before. Hold on, hold on. Let's start from, <laughs> start from the, the the top. All right. So he's teaching how to defend an armbar. Uh, before, hold on. But this this one that's even. I, I like that. Like they don't take their socks off for this. Like especially. And grappling right next to the bicep machine is probably you're not. You gotta see the rear naked choke. Hold on. With a severe choke. Now, Natalie, I got a really tough choke on you. What are you gonna do? It's so tight right now, your grip. I cannot even think straight, Brian. You're gonna sink your chin right into the meat of my arm, right where all those tendons and pressure points are. And what you're gonna do is (laughs) back of your head with both your hands, good, and you're just gonna sink right on down. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yo bro i gotta carry it like that what you're gonna do is you're gonna cross your arms around my wrist now you're negating both the choke and the assault you're gonna bring this one arm all the way here but she's gonna put her one leg right here on my hip and with the other leg will wrap around my head you're gonna pull that arm here. Ah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> uh, it's like watching Brendan's child. Uh, I stand uh, corrected. I stand corrected. <laughs> Bro, me saying that they just have a set of keys to the gym, I stand corrected. I'm so wrong. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, Mayhem? Bro, I mean, <laughs> wow. I don't know if those techniques will really work. I mean, and Real life, I, I, you know, fuck. Like, I, I didn't even have a joke about that. It's just so sad. Like, is that really what's going on in the street? You know, I wait, mean, wait, look, wait. he's probably the best uh, jiu-jitsu guy at 24-hour fitness. You know, I, it's, you know, one of those uh, real-life uh, martial arts wonders. Uh, uh, Sean, thoughts on that? <laughs> my first thought I can't say because it would be way over the top uh, no um, I don't know I just think it's probably like watching Brendan Schaub teach stand up comedy like that's what it reminded me of like that level of instruction it's worse then there would be a black guy in the video with him I don't know why but... well at least Schaub has gotten what? laughs so fun as like done comedy and made money at it like has that guy ever trained before has anyone ever he just made that up right he has just made that up you can't nobody taught him wait a second but, but look, look, look at what he's doing. Take your chin and push it, push your carotid artery against my arm, you know? And do the work for me. Back your- you know, just- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you just grab your gun and put it in your eyeball and pull the trigger? <laughs> <laughs> and the bullet will go through your eyeball, through your brain. And will shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> and and the mugging the mugging will end. It will be over. <laughs> I mean, that guy should be arrested. Uh, for, I mean, because what's going to happen is the girl's going to do that. That girl. Well, I don't know if everyone's going to mug her, but if someone did try to choke mug her, yourself out, yeah, I have a feeling that guy probably you're has choking been yourself out. <laughs> 
Now, Jason, yeah. uh, when you were when you were uh, when you were in jail, did anyone ever try to upstage you and be like, "You know, this guy, I know how to street fight, or I could do this or that"? Did anyone ever try to like test your your uh, your knowledge of fighting? Yeah. And what happened? <laughs> Somebody had sex. Uh, yeah. Had sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I gave him some surprise sex. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's like one of those things where look, inside is like a different world, you know? Like outside, everyone can be an asshole, you know, because there's no consequences. But in there, there's fucking consequences. So did you put, I mean, I, I would obviously think that like if I went to jail, which God forbid, I just put my head down, not talk to anybody. Just be quiet, be humble, be polite. Yeah. I didn't have that option. I didn't have that option. Like, there was no way to do it. And, you know, politically, I, you know, I surfed and, like, did what you got to do. You know what I mean? But, yeah, when fucking shit popped off, like, I took care of myself. You know, I'm a martial artist, and I, I know what I'm doing. Right, right. Did you, you, did you take it to the ground or keep it on the uh, feet? <laughs> well, I threw the dude on the floor, <laughs> yeah. I, and then, but I stayed on my feet. Like I wasn't fucking about to get, get stomped out, you know what I mean? But You threw him like uh, hip toss, judo toss, like fucking head and arm? No, I fucking, uh, yeah, like a, like a Cormier kind of fucking boost him in the air. You know what I mean? The, but the big, you're not, you don't got to worry about that so much, you know, like, like, okay, as long as you don't like fall on the ground, that's the worst thing you could do, because then you get kicked the fuck, you know, stomped out. But the worst part is when the cops come right. in with that paintball gun that's full of pepper balls. That's what you got to watch out for, is that once they, you know, you got 20, 30 seconds before they hit the yard and start spraying. Oh, dude, what a fucking life, man. <laughs> I know. And, 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 they, and they told you, like, you were worried about being there for life. They said you might have to be here for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, our broken judicial system, like, uh, you know. It's like, it's like you went from life to you're out. Yeah, because it was all bullshit the whole time. You know, it's like, oh, 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 we're going to give you a life sentence. But it's like, but I didn't do anything. Oh, no, but take the deal. Uh, four years. Uh, it's better than getting life. Yeah, but I didn't do anything. Oh, uh, well, let me hire a real lawyer. Medina, get on it. Then suddenly, oh, you're off. Like, ah, oh, okay. Oh. You know, I thought that I thought that if you didn't do anything, that you could just, you know, they'll figure it out. Nah, that's not the way it works. How, how many that's people do you think that were no. in, How many people do you think were in your jail that didn't do anything? Like one. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> him. Him. Yeah. Like, every everybody's innocent in there. Yeah, everybody was innocent. Yeah, nah. You know what? The funny thing is, being talkative like I am and being like, kind of like, I don't know, like cool with everybody, it served a strange purpose in there that I got like the real story from a lot of guys who really did some shit, you know, like uh, very terrible shit. Like they would just eventually kind of casually tell me what the hell they did. And man, it was pretty horrific stuff, you know? It's like, oh, geez. And other guys, other guys, like, there's some dummies in there that, like, they they had already pled guilty and they still wouldn't tell me. So I can't imagine what they did. 
Well, I gotta say, man, you're very easy to talk to. And I wonder if that's a skill that you develop. You de you always been easy to talk to, but in jail, because you have to listen, right? You're just listening a lot, you know? So I wonder if uh, people, were you kind of like the, uh, the, like the, the, the jail therapist in a way people came up to you and want to tell you their problems? Jail therapist, jail lawyer, jail doctor. Like I just became everything. Like I was diagnosing people's foot fungus. I was <laughs> wrapping ankles. Like I was uh, uh, counseling guys about their ex-wives. Like it was like the strangest Dr. Mayhem episode that I've ever seen. Like it was just, Oh man, I, I never want to do that again. I I'd much rather uh, coach the guys at the gym, you know, than coach the dudes in the big house. You know, it's my fault, of course, because I I got caught up with this crazy woman that you know that was her fetish was to have me locked up, you know, and that's the way it goes. But you know, it, it was instructive because you're you're humbled and uh, you're you see human nature boiled down, you know, to its essence in, inside there. It's, it's the worst place to be, but you get to know, like, what men are made of. How many people did you hear crying at night? <sighs> Nobody cries, no. Really? Even, even the first night? No, nobody cries, no. Wow. Uh, Sean. Uh, I noticed you were in a bad mood this today because you're back. By the way, if you don't yeah. know, Sean's back for nine years. He went to Germany. He paid for back surgery. He did everything he can. He's still in a ridiculous amount of pain. At one point, he was taking, what, 40 pills a day? How many oxys a day? A lot, maybe. Yeah, probably, I don't know, 20 to 30. Uh, and he still got back problems. Uh, you came on today. You were in a bad mood. Your, your girlfriend is adorable. I know her. She's 100 pounds. She's a beautiful girl. Is she getting uh, pissed at you? Are you annoying her with your attitude? No, man. She's like the most, uh, I don't know, tolerant person in the world. Of course, I never try to make her pillow fight at one of my shows either. Uh, so that might be part of it. But no, uh, she's awesome, man. She's uh, very patient, nicest person I've ever known. Um, yeah, other than, I mean, other than my daughter, maybe, and they're about even. So. Does she care about your pet? Because back in the day, you used to send me pictures of girls. Jason, the hottest woman I've ever seen, Don. But he would always piss them off. Like, cause they would, they would text him and be like, Hey, you're really cute. And then he would make like funny jokes about it. And then text me. I'm like, yeah, but if you sleep with her, he's like, yeah, but, uh, but this is still funny. Right. I'm like, yeah, this is funny. <laughs> like, what's the point? Did she ever get mad at your playboy past? Uh, I mean, it's not her favorite topic. It's good that you keep bringing it up every week at the podcast. <laughs> where she's um, Wait, especially when she's in with listen, within listening range, but, uh, a lot. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's some I don't know, man. I was also got married at a, as a virgin at nineteen and uh, got divorced at thirty two. So um, I'd only slept with one woman for the first thirty two years of my life. So wow, Don, you lost your virginity at nine, right? Is that what you're saying? All right, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw a uh, I saw a comment there on YouTube that said when Don uh, Fry was born, the doctor said, "Congrats, man, you have a man." Yeah, seriously. Uh, I lost my virginity at, at 17, the girl I was working with at Kenny Rogers Roaster's Chicken, uh, <laughs> this Puerto Rican girl named Maria, uh, and she queefed the first time. I, 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 watched, I, I know what I was doing. I watched porno. I put her, her legs over her head, her ankles, and then I heard, <clears throat> and I was like, uh, was that you or me? And she's like, me. Like, like, I guess she wasn't that flexible. So like, it, it, it like weirded me out. Uh, and then uh, now she has back problems like I do. <laughs> 
Your insanity. Jason, how old were you when you lost your virginity? I don't know, like 13, 14. Now, I banged this dog face girl behind the damn 7-Eleven. You know what I mean? It was fucking <laughs> horrific, bro. It was it's like always the, the way thing. she pictured it. Man, yeah. Listen, she look, I, I don't know, man. I you know, it's a coming of age tale, really, bro. Because like we went out in the woods behind this damn Texaco, you know, and like my buddy was back there with another girl, and I was like, I don't know, I was afraid of getting a disease. I was like putting the condom on like upside down, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to bang her while my buddy was like, hurry up, bro, hurry up. And I was like, I'm going as fast as I can. Wait, Man. he was next? Wait, your buddy was next? Yeah, he was actually. Like after uh after I, I like, you know, completed the task, bro, I gave him the rugby pass and he dated her for like six months. <laughs> <laughs> wow, behind a 7-Eleven. She was a dog face girl? Oh, God, she's fucking Rhonda. God damn, bless her heart. Thank, thanks a lot for deflowering me, but Jesus, she was butt ugly. Uh, and then, Don, what was your story? Uh, well, when I got my, I was six, so I got my first bull job. <laughs> and, um, it was, it was, I was six years old and it was a man. He molested me and I really appreciate bringing that up. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, the way I envisioned anything. <laughs> Believe me. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that happened, Don. That, that really wasn't where I was going with the story. Fuck, that was but, fucking shocking. But I, I'm sorry, I, I kind of meant like, I, I'm sorry that happened. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. But uh, I, I meant like when you had sex with a woman. Wow, a good-looking kid. Was it your fault? <laughs> I'm sure you were a good-looking kid, and you know. But before, but, but yeah. I know the molested. Sorry, I'm sorry that happened. Uh, I meant like you know he had. Yeah, I molested three yeah. different people you know, three different times. You got molested three different, different times. Yeah, yeah. I know. You told me that. Uh, I, I wasn't trying to bring that up, I, and I'm oh. sorry, I'm sorry that happened. And if anybody hears. What were you looking for then? <laughs> give me a fucking trigger <laughs> warning next time. Uh, yeah, jeez. Sean, help me out. Help me out here. Uh, well, I think it's uh, it's actually really interesting. Sean to help you out here, bro. <laughs> my, uh, my mom and dad were real into church when I was young, and so they had these two pedophiles that had gotten out of jail and were looking for a place to live. Like, one of them was a five-foot-tall Vietnamese guy. He was kind of like our pedophile, Mr. Miyagi. And used to work for us long story but we had like two pedophiles living in the house at once in our basement and my brother had been arrested uh, for armed robbery and he was living down there like at 16 years old so we called our basement cell block f because if you went down there past eight o'clock at night you might get effed so that was wait, uh wait why would your parents let two pedophiles live in your house they because they found jesus the two pedophiles did allegedly or whatever they were heterosexual pedophiles so we had nothing to worry about with only boys in our house oh. but uh yeah they uh I don't know. Looking back, it seems ridiculous, but um, yeah, they, anyone who cried Jesus, my mom and dad would help them out, give them money, give them a place to live, anything, anybody if they found Jesus. So it uh, didn't matter what their past was. So they got played a lot by people. But uh, yeah, as far as I know, none of us ever got, I didn't get molested. I don't know if my little brother did. Uh, he claims he didn't. Although there were some weird karate sessions going on down there at night. I heard yeah, I was going to say, like, did you get waxed on or waxed off? Yeah, that's what, that was, that was always the joke. We'd be up, down, in, out, things like that, you know? I almost, when I was on the wrestling team in high school, I was like an eighth grader freshman. There was a guy that, let, that wrestled with us. Like this guy was like a doctor 
but his kid, his kid wrestled for the school, but like 20 years before, it lets some like 60 year old dude just come to practice. And um, yeah, he was in the town. So I was taking a shower and I, I was like, you know, one of those group showers. And the guy's like, hey, you got soap on your back. And he comes over and is rubbing my back. And I'm just like frozen. Like, <laughs> that really wasn't the reaction, Don. And then my buddy was like, uh, Adam, it's time to leave. And like grabbed me and like got me out of the shower, you know. And then later he was in some Don't other. my back rub. And then some other guy's room, other kid in our team's room, like at like eight, nine o'clock, and gave him a, a massage while he was in bed. It's fucking weird, dude. So uh, that guy recently passed away. I can't say that I was really upset about it. Um, Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, like the, the school crossing guard tried to touch me. I stabbed him with a pocket knife. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like while you were crossing the street? Good. No, no. It was like a weird thing, you know. Like uh, looking back at it, I was wondering why I didn't get in trouble for that. You know what I mean? And then I, I realized that like that guy was like grooming like little girl. Like I remember this one girl, and it always makes me mad that I didn't do more about it because like you know she was like a normal ass little girl. And I remember this like crossing guard was like always giving like those prizes that you come out of a. Uh, you know that you get out of the claw machine to yeah. her and try and gave me one and uh i didn't understand you know what i mean at the time but then in junior high that girl like uh that girl like really went dark like real dark you know what i mean and so you know it's amazing to to me to hear that like dawn is like so well adjusted that you know after go coming back from something crazy like that you know what i mean that's like Take a lot of courage, Don. I, I, man, I, I can't. I'm shocked right now. How, how old were you? Yeah, definitely on Don. How old were you when you uh, stabbed the guy? Like, twelve. And he didn't report me nothing. It's not like I drew blood or anything. I just poked him. You know. How do you stab a guy and not draw blood? Fuck, you're B eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. wasn't a, an accomplished stabber at that time. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this podcast taking a weird turn. Ever since the, uh, the molestation story, uh, um, the three times. But Don, are you okay? What's going on now? What are you doing? Now? What is he doing? <laughs> I'm getting a pain pill. I'm getting a pain pill because you're bringing back some terrible, terrible memories. Oh, <laughs> hey, bro, I thought you were off those things, bro. You're taking pain pills right now? Come on, bloodbath. Oh, my God. Send me one through the internet, Don. Oh, my God. Hey, so what? McCorkle, <laughs> you still on them shits? You, like, I don't know, man. I, that, that shit is so hard to get off of. I, I took those things, bro. It was so hard. Like, coming off that shit? Oh, my God, bro. Yeah, like people die. Well, that's what people don't understand, man. Like, the only prescribed, yeah, I said earlier, the only prescribed enough to make you miserable, you know, three, 30 days a month. So you can either take them all in the first two weeks and then be sick for five days or uh, just hurt all the time. So it's like you can't really win either way. But uh, I take this stuff called Kratom now, um, but about, I mean, probably two weeks a month. It doesn't really help much with pain. It's supposed to. It doesn't. It's a legal herbal thing, but it does uh, stop any kind of withdrawals from happening. So, like uh, – once you run out of pain pills, you can take the Kratom and you don't have the withdrawals, you know, like, I yeah, mean, but, for the most part. But, like, you're chained to that shit forever then, huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've gone, I I got to do something about my back. As soon as my back's fixed, I don't, I mean, I'll tell my, I'll talk to my doctor about tapering off everything, but I can't, uh, 
I can't live a normal life at this point without doing it, man. It hurts. It's uh, I just got another MRI done, and it's basically my back is destroyed. Uh, the last surgeon I talked to, I said, what would you tell me if I was your son? And he said, I would tell you to get used to that day. Your life is over. They're like your life as you knew it. He said, your back is destroyed. You got to preserve whatever you can left the rest of your life. He said, because it's only going to get worse from here. And I was like, thanks. But it gave me a little bit of hope, you know? So your discs and whatnot, like they're all. Yeah. They're all <laughs> it's, it's mainly my facet joints, man, have completely worn off. There's no padding. There's no, I mean, at like four levels on my facet joints. So there's no real fixing that. Like there's no real. He just told me even how I went to Germany and paid this genius doctor that all these celebrities go to. Dana White actually hooked me up with him. Uh, told me to go to him, but uh, he basically told me there's, I mean, there's only so much we can do. You know, he said, it's, you need a new spine basically, you know? So I don't know. Ah, God bless America. That's what they told me. That's what they told me. He said, um, you need a new spine. We, we don't do total spine replacements yet, but when we do, you'll be the first one we call. Right. <laughs> the doctor I went to said, wait for better technology to come along. I was like, well, that helps every day as I suffer. So. Yeah. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm fucked. Yeah, that stinks, man. That's life. That's life. Fuck. I had a fun life. You you still have a fun life. Fuck. Oh, you, you pay for it. So, Don, you how's your girlfriend? How's your girlfriend, Don? How's what? How's your girlfriend? Uh, I don't know. Uh, crazy as always. Crazy as always. Well, Just bad shit crazy on some days. <laughs> This is the best podcast ever. I fucking love it. We got we have only because mayhem's on it. No, because come on, we have McCorkle, Don Fry, and Mayhem. I mean, nah. I mean, seriously, you guys, the legends, you guys, did you guys ever fought the same card, Mayhem and Don? Nah, unfortunately, like I, that was one of my dreams, but no, I never got to fight on the same card. What was the What was your favorite Don Fry fight? Except for Takayama. Don't say Takayama fight. Fuck, Takayama was the best, though. This show was hilarious. Like, I, did you guys have a gentleman's agreement to do that, Don? I never asked you that. No, we just, if you look, you know, we walk out, punch each other, and he hit me. He he kicked me, or kneed me, and hit me, and lost. I lost my footing. So I had to grab hold of him, you know, keep from going down. And once I grabbed hold of him, then I just said, shit, there's a head, you know? <laughs> so I went out. He had the exact same idea. Man, yeah, that's legendary. Yeah. Right yeah, that really is the greatest fight of all time. I mean, My nephew saw Don on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast and was asking me about him. And he, I said, have you ever seen him fight? He goes, no, and I sent him the Takayama fight. And my nephew's 19 years old. He sent back a text that said, is that real or is that pro wrestling? I was like, no, dude, that was real. He couldn't believe yeah. it. He thought it was set up. Yo, how was that going on Rogan, uh, uh, Fry? Like, how'd you feel about that? It's, it's good. Rogan's a good guy. Rogan's a really good guy. You know, I had a good time doing that. Did he offer you weed beforehand or no? No, no, no weed, no pills, no nothing. Not even any help. He didn't offer me any help. Can you believe that? <laughs> That is some bullshit. Well, listen, I think that's our podcast today. This was fun, man. This was a lot of fun. JC, you look great, man. Uh, really happy for you, man. I Obviously, like, uh, I, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy about your future, man. Like, it's, nah. it's just, thanks, man. God bless. Hey, and like, I heard a lot of people were like pissed off that I have a ripped shirt. Like, 
Go fuck yourself. I, I, don't, I think, I think I, all the things people are mad at you about, that's probably the, I, I think you're all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, man, the MMA Roast is the best podcast ever. Sean McCurkle is the funniest guy on MMA Roasted, hands down. Don Fry, the man, the myth, the legend, will always be the best guest. Hey, and Adam Hunter, the best host. Love you guys. Uh, Don, yes. Don, your, your podcast, uh, you and uh, Dan Severn, right? What, what's, it, what's it called? Yeah. It's called Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. <laughs> and and uh, all my now we have something else. Where we have a, a second part where we uh, read people's comments and, and mail. It's called Double D's in Your Face. <laughs> now, can I get a, <laughs> Do you guys have T-shirts yet? Not yet, not yet. But right, everybody's yelling for them. So yeah, I want to wear but, Dan and Don talked about the T-shirt. But, uh, Couple of D's in your face sounds like me right. in my basement as a kid. <laughs> Love you guys. Take care. Bye bye.